On this episode of the This Is Believe One podcast, I'm joined by Elaine Shercliffe to talk about Major League Baseball's postseason. Uh, First things first, I never thought we would get to this point all the way back in March, April, May, whatever, but we're finally here. No, you didn't think we would get there. It's on multiple podcasts that I've done with you. (laughs) (laughs) You were very adamant there was no way it was happening. We were were recording that one, and Manfred put all that stuff out, and we're like, nope, this season's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we're actually here, but, you know, now that we're here, postseason's real. It's going to get here. Uh, It's expanded postseason, so... More teams than usual, 16 instead of the usual 10. But not Mike Trout. <sighs> if, there was a, if there was a year for Mike Trout to make it, this would have been the year, but... Been the year. Uh, man, I feel so bad for Mike Trout, but... <laughs> the, the Angels fired their general manager. Uh, Billy Epler's gone now, so... Okay, so there's still probably not a shot, but okay. <laughs> New general manager in the mix... Joe Madden run the show out in L.A., there's definitely a good chance they do something. I mean, they had a lot of pitching injuries. Uh, that didn't help them at all. Uh, you know, Shohei Otani not being able to pitch, even though they had him scheduled to pitch every Sunday this season. And he pitched, I think, once or maybe yeah. twice. I don't remember. But, yeah, uh, Shohei only pitching a couple times did not help them. Their pitching rotation was thin, even with Shohei in the mix, but... Yeah, they seem to be a team that doesn't have, like, anyone that really stands out except for Trout. Um, well, they also got, you know, uh, Anthony Rendon, and he's yeah, really good. He, I mean, he's good. He's just not, um, I don't think he's to that level. But also, I'm not, like, super analysis baseball person like <laughs> <laughs> like I am when it comes to some other sports. But, yeah, I just, like, is Mike Trout, does he just, like, not care about winning a championship as much as he wants to just play baseball forever is that kind of where he's at in his well he strikes me as the kind of guy who's like yeah i mean championships are great but can you imagine like taking your last breath as you hit your last home run (laughs) (laughs) like i'm sure i'm sure mike trout wants to win a championship but at the same time i think he he's realized the the division he is in has been so tough. It's been very tough. You know, the Astros uh, in all their cheating ways have been uh, fairly <laughs> dominant. And, you know, the resurgent Oakland Athletics, you know, taking the division this year. You know, good for them. Happy to see Oakland back on top in the AL West. But it hasn't been easy out there. And I, I think the Angels are a team that has the ability to do something. It's just this year was not their year for a variety of reasons, even though it maybe should have for some others. Yeah, you know what they need is maybe like another Disney movie made about them, <laughs> and like maybe, maybe some good luck will happen to them. <laughs> I bet you they're wishing that that was like a, a real thing that happened, where just like angels came down and helped the actual angels win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about the angels and them missing the postseason. Let's talk about teams that are actually going to be. <laughs> In the postseason and playing playoff baseball. Let's start here in Cleveland. They're they're the fourth seed. They're taking on the fifth seed Yankees starting Tuesday. 
They host this series, which I think is to their benefit, so they don't have to play in that, you know, joke of a baseball park up in the Bronx. Um, they can play at a real stadium. Um, first of all, I just want to take this moment to thank the White Sox for making this happen. Without them, Cleveland would not be four seed and would not be hosting. So a little round of applause. Thank you, White Sox. Yes. <laughs> Um, I just don't want to play the Yankees. <laughs> the Yankees are one of the teams I didn't want to face. It was pretty much like them and the Twins. I didn't want. I didn't want to face. I would have rather face the White Sox. Um, the the Yankees are just one of those teams where it's just like you don't know if they're just gonna all of a sudden just be like, okay, we're back to being the Yankees again. I mean, they like limped into the playoffs this year. They were. Yeah. They were not really that great. And of course, you know, they dealt with injuries again because uh, for some reason nobody can stay healthy in New York. Uh, right. Both teams, but most notably the Yankees uh, this year. Um, but it's just, it's a, it's a bunch of guys. And, you know, the last time Cleveland played the Yankees, they won the first two, then they lost three in a row. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. It was... it, those. That, that was actually that's the thing. In that year, I thought that that was 2017. Yep. Yeah, and I thought that the Yankees weren't that great that year compared to what they usually mm-hmm. are, and the Indians seemed to have the upper hand on them a lot that year. And here we are, we're playing them again, and I'm like, you know what? The Yankees always turn it on against Cleveland. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. When it come when it's like winner takes all, the Yankees are like, well, guess what? We're gonna destroy you, and we don't care how we do it, and you're all gonna go home crying. And we would love to do it in Cleveland, like that's just who. I mean, that's what happens when you are literally Satan's team. When like Satan is 100% on your side, and you know. The Indians are always like in purgatory. So, <laughs> so speaking about their postseason lack of success, uh, they have lost five straight postseason games. So three to the Astros, or six straight postseason games. My bad. Six straight postseason games. Three to the Astros. Three to the Yankees. They've lost nine. Not nine. Seven. Seven straight elimination games where them or the other team could have been eliminated. That dates back all the way to the World Series in 2016. Um, and it would be less if there wasn't a rain delay, but I digress. Um, that's just frustrating. Uh, but I, I just I think this season has shown just the pitching is really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So at least they will have that. Um, going for them against the Yankees. I mean, does anyone really want to face Shane Bieber? No. <laughs> yeah, and, and to that point, uh, Shane Bieber has been fairly productive when facing the Yankees in the past, and they haven't faced the Yankees this year, so they have not seen the new and improved uh, guaranteed Cy Young Award winner Shane Bieber. Okay? They have not seen this form of Shane Bieber. And also, while the Yankees are starting Garrett Cole... He's taking a bit of a step back this year. You know, yes. he's, he's still really good. Let's not get me wrong. Garrett Cole's still really good. But he's not Garrett Cole like he was in, on the Astros last year. Right, exactly. He's, and yeah, he's just, 
there's something missing from him this year. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe the trash cans last year just gave him that extra set of energy. Like, it just gave him new life. Just, like, knowing that his team was definitely <laughs> <laughs> going to win. Um. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, a lot of the ballparks in the American League East are very, very hitter-friendly. Okay? Yes, to be fair. very hitter-friendly. So, New York, sure. Boston, Toronto... Baltimore. I mean, they're very hitter-friendly. So, yeah. to be fair. However, he just, at the same time, he has not looked up like the same Garrett Cole he was the you know the couple of years when he was in Houston. Right. The thing that the Indians need to make sure that they um, have going in their arsenal is obviously, the obvious thing is offense and making sure that they're not just trying to hit the long balls, but finding the sweet spots. And since they are in their home field, so you mm-hmm. know where all the sweet spots are. Mm-hmm. So they should be able to have that leg up, especially on that left sideline and that left foul line, mm-hmm. uh, where like when the sun hits it just right in the home run um, deck, like that bridge that leads to the parking garage, you know, mm-hmm. when the sun shines just right and, you can't see anything because you're going from light into pitch black, basically. <laughs> uh, so if they, I mean, if they use those little things to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, guys like DeShields need to bring it every game. Like, we need DeShields who showed up against the White Sox and defied gravity and was basically climbing walls. And sacrificing his body and actually getting in front of the ball and actually throwing it well, like, with good speed and accuracy. But if we get the Shields who played against the Cubs and let Schwarber get from first to third because he used a noodle arm, (laughs) (laughs) the the Indians won't. It'll be an upward. It'll be an upward battle. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. You know, Cleveland, for the most part, um, it was a struggle offensively this year. They were, uh, to be blunt, bad for the majority right. of this year. Uh, but things seem to be turning around offensively over the last week or so. You know, maybe week to ten games, maybe even two kind weeks. Kind of. Th- things... Yeah, I mean, kind of in a sense. If you look at it, though, I want to get excited about their offense production, especially against the White Sox. But if you think about it, a lot of it was towards the end of the game, and it was walk-offs, which is yeah. great. I love a good off. Yes. But to uh, keep up with the Yankees and not get absolutely destroyed in the game, mm-hmm. you got to get the lead and you have to get it early and you have to keep it. Yes, I absolutely agree. The The one thing I was going to say, though, is that if there is a time for them to hit their stride offensively, now was the time to do it. The time that they did it is the right time. Not it right is. before the playoffs, not too early. We saw it happen in 2017 where they won 22 games in a row and they burned themselves out. Now they seem to be at least prepared correctly, you know, to maybe actually string some wins together this time. Um, so what you're saying is that, you know, they purposely took that lose streak just so that they would be prepared at the right time, like all rested <laughs> to go on a hot streak. That's what I'm hearing. That's. <laughs> Yes, uh, you know, a case of chestnut checkers here. Uh, Yes. Do you think, so Tito's going to be in the bubble but not managing. Mm -hmm. Do you think that will 
help her? Do you, I, I just, yeah, do you think it'll help her or not matter? I don't think it will hurt. I'm not sure it will help, though. Um, yeah. Or at least, I think any influence he'll have will be, I don't want to say minimal, but it, it won't be as this, you know, this large thing like him and Sandy had this, you know, big, long breakdown the night after game one, and, you know, he helped him do some things. I, I'm sure he'll help in some capacity, but... I don't think it's going to have a, a massive or major impact on any particular game. Right. Do you, do they have access to him while he's in the bubble? Do you know if they'll be able to see him? I haven't been able to, I mean, I haven't seen anything. I didn't know if you did. Uh, I have not seen anything either. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't, but at the same time, you know, they can always just call him on the phone or do right. it was, well, I mean, you know, a zoom call or something. Right. It's just a little bit different face to face. So I was wondering, because if someone is, ha from a mental standpoint in that mm -hmm. bubble, if the guys are struggling and they're worried about Tito and being able to see him, mm -hmm. maybe that is kind of why he's in the bubble this time around. I was confused when they said he was in the bubble, but then he's not managing. And I was like, well, that's weird, because what's the point? And then I realized it could possibly be a whole mental thing for players. Because if he's not in the bubble and he's not doing well, and the players that love him absolutely adore him. You know, like the whole team mm -hmm. <laughs> just adores him. They, their mind's going to be elsewhere. Um, we saw that with the Monsters. Just an example of that is the Monsters, the year that their equipment um, guy, Phil Simon, had cancer and died. They had a phone and they talked because he couldn't, he was just too mm -hmm. sick to be there. But just talking to him on the phone before every game, literally before they hit the ice, was enough to keep them mentally focused on the game because right before the game, they were talking to him and they knew he was okay. Now, of course, like a few games leading up to that final uh, Calder Cup win, Simon passed away, but um, that then drove them to be like, well, we're winning this for Phil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um so I don't know if that was like their reasoning behind them. Like that's an example of why I think it's important that he's there, I guess is what I'm saying. And I, I think if they didn't end up winning as many games as they did at the end of the season, maybe the decision to have him not manage would be different because, yeah. because they were winning. Something was clearly working for the way that they were doing things, even though uh, some people are still not entirely happy with their approach at times. But they were winning, and they don't want to have Sandy saying some things, you know, as you know, for the majority of the season, and have Tito come up and be like, "Okay, well, this is the way I do things, so I'm gonna do it the way I do things," and right. have it disrupt, you know, maybe any sort of routine or groove that players are in. Because let's be honest, athletes are creatures of habit. Yeah. None <laughs> more than baseball players. I I don't know those hockey players, man. The pregame naps down to a science to the minute. <laughs> it's pretty bad, but regardless, uh, yeah, 162 <laughs> games is all I'm gonna say. Their their season's twice oh, as long as hockey. True. Oh god, that's true. Um, that's such a long season. I think, though, if along the lines of Tito, is if the the Indians win, he's like 100% retiring. That's what I think. And yeah, I, I do too. This season, I feel like it, it's it's like 
60-40. I feel like I don't know what's going on with him health-wise right now, like how bad it is or anything, but for Tito to be like, you know what, I'm not going to manage, that says something. Mm-hmm. So I, it, this, the Indians need to just be super focused on the things game by game that will help them win, not look forward at yeah. every game, like literally just going, today we're facing Garrett Cole, DeShields, you need to fucking run up the wall. <laughs> like, just focus on those things mm-hmm. every, like inning by inning, because if they do that, they'll be able to get far and they'll be able to give this to their coach and to themselves. And honestly to Cleveland, because Cleveland deserves some sort of joy <laughs> this season, even though the Browns are totally providing that. And I'm so confused by that as well, but <laughs> <laughs> so weird <laughs> um, yeah they just need to like you said take it game by game uh, what they really need is to have people other than their star players produce because that's, that's the difference between a team that makes it to the postseason and a team that makes a run in the postseason and a team that wins the World Series is that yeah. those other guys contributing so yeah, Jose Ramirez, Carlos Santana, Lindor, Cesar Hernandez, and uh, Framio Reyes to some degree. That's your guys. It's everybody else. So you got to look at Roberto Perez, Tyler Naquin, uh, Delano DeShields, uh, Jordan Luplo, uh, Josh Naylor. And Luplo and Naylor can do it. We, we saw it mm-hmm. recently. So now they have zero excuses. Same thing with DeShields. I was when we discussed it when we after that cup game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just DeShield. No, apparently it is not because we saw what he did against the White Sox. So clearly those three have it within them to do something really good. Mm-hmm. So they need to ride that wave as long as they can and just hone that power and turn it into something amazing because the rest of the guys can't do it on their own. You need the the, the minor pieces to step it up. Yeah, and they, they have a, enough of the star guys. They just need the other guys. The other guys can do it. I, I feel like they can. Right. I don't want to say I know they can. I feel like they can. I feel like they're capable. We've seen it from them before. Right. That That's and, the difference. And I just, I want to see as many post-game interviews with... Ramirez just thanking God all the time. <laughs> First of all, I want to thank God for my performance tonight. Yes, I too want to thank God for your performance tonight and every night. <laughs> he just finds a way to to like put it in there and I love it. He's just so unabashedly like, I love God and I'm going to drop it every time I speak. <laughs> I just want to see him hit a home run and say home run pitch. that's my absolute favorite is there any other series in the american league that are you know you're looking at and you're like that could be a good series well let's let's just take a look at this real quick i don't like toronto so if tampa just goes ahead and beats them that Mm -hmm. would be the best thing that makes me happy and i don't like toronto for one reason and one reason only 
because in 2016, they made a big stink about the Indians logo. Okay. But that logo has been there for a very long time. I am not saying it is okay or it is right, but you were being a bunch of D bags and you were trying to find some way to get, no, no, no. After that, they were on my shit list. Cause I was like, you picked the wrong city to mess with at the wrong time. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> Still bothers me. I actually think that the twins and the Astros will be really fun to watch. Um, just because the Astros are not as good, but they don't suck. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to try and prove themselves and try and say, well, we don't need the trash cans. We don't need to cheat to be good. And that's enough, you know, petty <laughs> pettiness really ignites the fire within people. I mean, Michael Jordan's the best example of that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so that I think that one will be really interesting. Um, I mean, what do you think about that one about the Twins and the Astros? I think the Twins are gonna win that one in two. Um, really? Yeah, uh, the Astros. I think if they'll give them a run for their money, I don't think it's gonna be like ten zero, seven to one. I don't know. I mean, the the thing with the the Astros, there so many other guys are underperforming. Uh, I can't imagine why. And, um, you know, they're without Justin Verlander, you know, so, I mean, they're, they're already hurting in that department. They're just, I think they could be a quick one, honestly. I just, I don't want to hang my hat on that because, first of all, it's 2020. Literally anything can happen, and if it's a dumpster fire, then it will definitely happen. Um, Listen, if there's anything that could be a cure for the Astros' batting woes, it is the p- Twins' pitching staff, okay? Because <laughs> they stink. See? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't think they're any good at all, uh, to be honest with you. But um, I still think the Twins win that one fairly easily. Um, I just don't know. I just think that the Astros are going to be like middle finger to all the fans in the MLB. And... They're just going to be, there's me power, there's me fired up by it. Like, mm-hmm. I think that they're going to, at least the first game, it's going to be like really close. I don't know. I want to watch it and see what happens. I also want to see if anyone hits one of them as well. So they got to be careful with the postseason game before it gets suspended. I know. Just put a really bad pitcher in that you don't give a shit about, and that's the one that you have them. I mean, I mean too bad the Twins don't have Joe Kelly. Um, <laughs> the uh the series that um i think has a chance to be interesting is tampa bay toronto but one i'll be watching with lots of interest in the american league is oakland and chicago yeah i think the a's are really good even without matt chapman i think they're really good chicago was fun uh some of their players uh fell back to earth a little bit after you know, being really hot, you know, uh, Luis Robert being the obvious example there. Uh, I just think the A's are a complete baseball team from top to bottom. And yeah. the, the White Sox, even though they've made a valiant effort and a lot of a huge step forward, a lot of progress, they're still a year away from being like that 
legitimate postseason contender team. Yeah, the part of the White Sox problem is man, man, the manager would shoot them in the foot all the time. Oh, Rick Renteria mismanaged that series against Cleveland so terribly. So bad, so bad, and I don't, I just. There was the one game he put in Carlos Rodon. I had no idea he was still on yes. the team. <laughs> yes. it, it was it was just stupid. It was it, he is going to be the death of that team. He is the death of that team. He is like the White Sox should be before they came into it with the Indians. Mm-hmm. They were. I mean, they had a rough go against Cincinnati because Cincinnati also got hot at the right time. Yes. But but they had every opportunity to be where the Indians are mm-hmm. in the standings. And they bungled it. And, and they got mismanaged the fuck out of it. Like, yeah. what in the world was the... I was so confused. And when I knew that walk-off was going to happen when they were throwing him, like, balls. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's going to swing. He wants to swing at it. He's going to swing at it because he wants to hit it. And look what happened. You tried to walk him, thinking you'll get the next person out, which was also someone who's a noted hitter. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> I, I was, like, secondhand mad for the Sox fans, which is funny because, obviously, yeah. I wanted the Indians to win. But it was almost like, you, oh, you're giving the Indians the win? Thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank you for being an idiot. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was, But I feel for the Sox fans because it seemed at one point that it was very possible that a, a Red Line World Series could maybe be in, in the future for them. But it's just unfortunately not going to happen and the worst matchup for them honestly was was Oakland because like Oakland is probably going to just power through them but you know maybe overnight he'll learn to manage a team maybe maybe (laughs) but but you know Oakland's a good team uh, I, I think they'll, they'll handle them quite well. Uh, moving over to the National League. Um, Dodgers, Brewers, Dodgers are going to win that. Let's, I mean, let's not waste any time here. Um, <laughs> the next one, uh, Padres, St. Louis. This has Cardinals win written all over it in my eyes. But I love the Padres. I love Fernando Tatis Jr. He is very entertaining. The Padres were a very uh, exciting team to watch. You know, injuries to Mike Clevenger and Denilson Lamette. Yeah, Denilson, that's his name. Yeah. Couldn't remember if it's Denilson or, or Dillinson. It's Denilson Lamette. Really close. Don't know what their status is, what their availability is. Um, let's be real here. If you don't have pitching... Especially in this postseason, where the entire time frame is going to be so short, they're playing three games in three days. If it even goes three games, yeah. It's How just long is... sorry. Just How not, long is... not not the Padres' time right now. How long is Clevenger out for? I, I don't know. It, it doesn't. I don't. Ha- it doesn't have a, a definitive 
information here. Um, but biceps tightness for both Lamette and Clevenger. Oh, Clev's going to be out for a while then. Yeah, because Clevenger was pushed back a day because he right. was having biceps tightness. Then he ended up leaving the game. But, listen, they have some other guys. Chris Paddock, Zach Davies, good options. They're not Lamette and Clevenger. Yeah, you're right. So, um, involving this series, first of all, fuck the Cardinals. <laughs> I knew that uh, was coming. <laughs> second of all, I cannot pick them to go any further than where they're at because they are the Cardinals. Um, You've provided me zero information here. <laughs> zero information that you already didn't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it uh, is. Elaine's from Chicago. Guess what? She <laughs> hates the Cardinals. I... It just disappoints me because I really did want San Diego to do really well in the playoffs. Fernando Tatis just like... I love Fernando Tatis. So good, right? I mean, mean, the Padres could very well win. I just think that this is the way things have unfolded leading up to this series. It's just got Cardinals win written all over it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I... Realizing that Clevenger has the injury he does, it's... First of all, he's not even... He's a good pitcher. He's not the best at coming back from an injury right away and being good. So even if he came back mm-hmm. to the series, he wouldn't he would still have that like rust on him. He wouldn't have that power. Yeah. He wouldn't have that kind of energy that he told that he normally does. And you need good pitching to get past St. Louis. Yeah. So and I wonder if this injury is any way related to his injury earlier this off season. Yes. I guarantee it, yeah. It probably is. If he didn't recover properly, then yes. But, you know, some, you know, he does have a history of back injuries, you know, back and biceps. Sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they are connected, and sometimes one, you could do something that could leave, lead to you favoring something or other or doing something slightly incorrect, and it leads to a arm injury, and that's where yeah. we're at. Um, do you think maybe he actually hurt his bicep? While trying to do a nollie on his way to a rail grind, and uh, <laughs> and didn't want to tell anyone, and just said it was because of baseball. Uh, maybe it's a very it's a very real thing that could happen. It involves lifting your board in the air with your hand. Okay. Uh. <laughs> maybe. Uh. All right. Let's 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 go to the most surprising team of this entire postseason bracket. Because they're playing the Cubs. And that's the Miami Marlins. The team that was a complete dumpster fire at the beginning of the season. Half of their team just disappeared because of COVID. And here they are, sixth seed in the playoffs, the Miami Marlins. And they were playing well towards the end of the season. They're they're one of those teams that seem to be getting their shit together at the right time. Let's be blunt here. They are not as good as the, as the Cubs. I'm going to be honest here. They are not as good as the Cubs. Thank you for recognizing that. <laughs> okay. However, 
Huge however here. Cubs didn't exactly come out on fire coming into the postseason. Mm, true. Um, their pitching is very suspect. The Cubs. Miami Marlins seem to just be clicking. Not saying that the Marlins are going to upset. I'm just saying if it were to happen, it, not only would this be one of the bigger upsets in recent memory in, in baseball playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised at the same time. Yeah. I was listening to that episode today where we talked about the Marlins yeah. and how we just wanted to shut them down. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Right? But you know what would be so 2020 is if in the NLCS it was St. Louis versus the Marlins and then the winner of that played the fucking Astros. Like, that would be my nightmare of a 2020. That would at least keep the Marlins' perfect postseason series record intact <laughs> up to that point because they've never lost a postseason series. The two times they've appeared in the playoffs, they've won the World Series. I don't now, want to talk about that one time. <sighs> hey, I don't want to talk about the last time Cleveland was in the World Series, but here we are. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the other two times either. Those are tough. So... <laughs> But Miami, undefeated in the postseason in the series department, would be absolutely incredible if they kept that alive. I don't think they're going to, but you said it. It's 2020. Uh, Bullshit can happen. Yeah, it could. Definitely will, actually. Uh, The Cubs, though, if anything, that series is going three games. I think they'll play all three. All three. And there's going to be some extra innings in there with our favorite second runner, or runner on second. <laughs> and no one's going to bunt, and it's going to be real sad. But <laughs> So, you know, if, they're, if they go to game three, mm-hmm. sorry, got to do this. In game, if they go to game three, and the game's close, you're going to see the Steve Bartman play 10,000 times. Oh, God. Yeah, that, ugh. Why? Because you... It literally gives... Ugh. Oh. I think about it. I, I just... It was awful when I saw that happen. It's fine. No, it's fine, though. The Cubs have since won, so it's, it's not really a, bi- a, a big deal anymore. Much like when you watch, uh, you know, at least when I watch the Cavs, when they show, you know, Michael Jordan hitting the shot or, you know, any of the other bullshit no. that's happened forever, the Cavs have won a title... So it, no. it 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 doesn't hurt as bad. My dad now, still cri- my dad still cries when he sees the shot. Understandably, <laughs> okay. I'm not saying it's. I'm just saying since they've since won a title, it doesn't hurt as much in my opinion. You know, but when I'm watching when I'm watching you know the Indians play, and I got to watch their failures in the past three World Series and their past two postseason runs. That hurts a little bit. When I watch the Browns, and it's just. A complete dumpster fire for two decades. And, you know, anytime that they're anything, anyway, somewhat relevant, or they play a team they once played in the playoffs before I was born, it's clip show time. It's time for the drive. It's time for the fumble. It's time for Art Maldell being a douche canoe and moving the team, okay? I feel like 
I feel like maybe Cleveland fans are a little bit more desensitized to the pain than other fan bases because it's constantly thrown in our face <laughs> all the time, um, which well, is interesting because that means we have to be semi-successful for people to constantly bring up our downfalls, right? Yes and no. Um <laughs> Because, because on on one hand, what it was until the Cavs won, it was it was roll the montage, and it was it was the drive, the fumble, uh, the shot, World Series loss, World Series loss, the team moving. Uh, I I I mixed the Browns up team moving thing in there, uh, but the team moving, uh, the Browns one playoff appearance against the Steelers in two thousand two, and uh, LeBron leaving. Okay, that and, was the montage. Wait. And sometimes they like to throw in the bottle throwing incident. Oh, bottle gate's always in there. I forgot about bottle gate, but yeah. Always, like why? It wasn't even a playoff game. It was an important game. Yeah, but... bottle gate's in there. <laughs> then uh, you know LeBron leaving. Yeah. Then uh, maybe they want to throw in uh, the Indians collapse against the Red Sox in 07. They can throw that in from time to time. But it wasn't just one specific team that they did it with. It was, here's everything, and deal with it. Yeah, so basically what we're saying is, if any Sox fans are listening, it's okay. You know, if you don't do well, because Cleveland, we live through it. So can you. You could sleep with all your Stanley Cups and Super Bowl wins and... Other World Series championships, your soccer championships. I could really go on with all the championships that that city has won. (laughs) Everyone in Chicago, you are going to be fine if the Cubs or the White Sox do not make it anywhere near the World Series. I'm also speaking to myself while I am saying this. Uh. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. here. Here's what it is. You've seen the gif from The Simpsons where it's, it's you know, Homer's dressed up as Krusty, and then he's kicking the guy on the ground. Stop, stop. He's already dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's what people do So, to, the world is Homer as Krusty. We are all the Krusty burglar, okay? We've been dead for a long time now. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's what that's what we are. We're the crusty burglar. We're dead. It's been a long time. Yeah. I do okay, so back to this Cubs Marlins <laughs> matchup. I'm sorry. It's fine. I That's the only one I don't know what way it's where what way I think it's gonna go, to be fair. Like Well, I, I think the next series we're gonna talk about, I don't know which way that one's gonna go either, but we can get that to that in a moment. But oh yeah oh oh yeah yes yeah, so like, but Cubs, the Cubs it, it, okay so Chris Bryant has to show up all all the game and he hasn't this year at all he's shown up a few times it's and the thing Over... is, is him not showing up is um still not bad it's just not helpful as somebody who uh, made the decision this year in fantasy baseball to draft several Chicago Cubs players, I was well, highly, I was that highly disappointed in what happened here because you know <laughs> nothing like that two twenty two three forty two four fourteen slash line out of Anthony Rizzo. How about Javier Baez hitting two oh three? How about 
Kyle Schwarber hitting sub 200 below the Mendoza line. How about Chris Bryant hitting 206? It was awful. Okay, well, first of all... Because um, I had all those guys, and that sucked. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo is only good this season when he wears his chains. So it's Tony Two Chains. <laughs> first of all, I love the Tony Two Chains thing. <laughs> I do, too. It's so beautiful. Um, and then Javi Baez. If he can just keep shit-talking and chirping the other team the whole entire game, they'll probably be fine. Because I don't... The Marlins, they can't always handle that uh, mental warfare from... I mean, Javi, Javi will chirp you even when the Cubs are losing. <laughs> they could be down, like, 5-0, to zero and <laughs> he would still be chirping his ass off. <laughs> Like, I just, I want, we need to mic him up for a whole game. I just want to hear his chirps, if anything. Yeah, but it's, their offense has been relatively disappointing this year. Yeah. Uh, Their pitching outside of Yu Darvish, also disappointing. Um, Yu Darvish was fantastic. I mean, Kyle Hendricks was good, I guess, but we we know what Kyle Hendricks is. Kyle Hendricks is not an overpowering pitcher. He's more of a control type, and... He's someone that if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. He's had it for the majority of this season so far, but still gave up double-digit home runs and, and 12 starts, so not great. Now, I will say, okay, a few things. One, Miami, it will be tough for them against Hendricks if he comes in um, and has it, like if he really is honed in. Uh-huh. Um, for sure, because they can't deal with that kind of... I don't want to call him a basic pitcher. <laughs> he's a, he's like, a pitcher who relies on his command. If he has his command, yes. he will be good. If he doesn't have his command, that's when he gets into yes. trouble. Yes, he reminds me of Kat Osterman, who is like almost 40 years old, playing softball, and she has slower pitches, but with command. Mm-hmm. And it just like... like She's not putting her full... like body on the line when she's pitching but when she pitches it has meaning and so when he comes up and pitches like that it doesn't matter how fast it is what the pitch is it it seems to be hard for other people to pitch mm-hmm. um, like he reminds me a little bit of her except she's more consistent <laughs> a lot more consistent that's why she's an olympic gold medalist um olympic medalist but uh I mean, you Darvish is obviously going to be like a pain in the ass for them to hit off of. Mm-hmm. So really, it is. It's probably going to come down to like that third game because it... Miami's got some pretty good pitching. You know, Sixto Sanchez, yeah. absolutely outstanding. Right. Like, the Cubs need to start playing the sh- short game. They they keep playing like the long ball they're, they're and the not, long game. They're not built that way. They're know, not built that way. It's that. It's so tragic. <laughs> they are not built that way. I because mean, you need to you need to be able to um, compensate for having one really good pitcher, one decent, more than decent pitcher. Like you need to be able to compensate for that on days when they're not pitching. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is we can't really look at double digit home runs and starts because <laughs> this season. It, I feel like because there have been more double-digit games 
than I think I've ever seen in mm-hmm. a season. So I'm not even like when I'm just saying that's yeah. that was about a home run a game that he gave up. That yeah. That's so that, that's that's all I was just pointing out there. It's slightly less, but it's about a home run a game. Yeah, which isn't too. I mean, it's not too bad as right. long as you're defense is do <laughs> as long as your fielders and your out you know, as long as they're doing their job I don't know so, I would just I would love to see the Cubs go far but I also don't want them to go far if the Indians are going to go far because I can't do that again can I tell you something I had a dream last night fuck you <laughs> I had a dream last night this wasn't like uh, I drank a lot and had some drunk dream. I had a dream last night. I was on the couch. It was just before the game was supposed to start. Was there a rain delay? There was no rain delay. But it was just before <laughs> the game was supposed to start. I was settled in. I was ready to go. I'm like, here we go again. It was Indians. It was Cubs. It was the World Series. It was Game 7. No. See, I, I had that dream last night. I'm not saying that I'm putting it out into the universe. I'm not saying that this is my prediction for what's going to happen. I'm just saying that dream happened to me last night. If that happens, this is all your fault. Okay, if that uh, happens, but... you can just call me Master Domus full time. <laughs> I would actually, you know what though? It wouldn't be as bad as the first time um, because I would definitely be on the side of the Indians because. The Cubs already won it. Yeah. I say that. Uh, I, prob- I probably would be on the Indians. All I know is that I won't have to be prescribed medicine for the anxiety that was given to me from the 2016 World Series. Mm-hmm. It was awful. I-, I know I've talked to you about it before. Yes. The hives. The hives that were all over my body. Starting when... The, the banner-raising night for the Monsters was when they played Toronto. Both games were happening in Cleveland, so that's mm-hmm. like stone's throw away from each other, literally. Yeah. We watched them on the big screen outside win. Mm-hmm. The Monsters won. I go outside in all my like press stuff, watch that game with my parents. We're walking back to the hotel, and I start crying. And my parents were like, what's wrong with you? And I was like... It's going to fucking happen, isn't it? <laughs> and my dad was like, oh, no, it is. And my mom's like, I don't care. I'm a Reds fan and a Lions fan I mean, a, and a Tigers fan. And she just kept walking. <laughs> I'm sobbing about the fact that these two teams might play in the World Series. It wasn't even official. Yeah, because uh, yeah. the Cubs took, a, I think, an extra day or two to get, like, their, to get theirs. But... Um, yeah. But yeah, so I would be, I, it wouldn't be as bad. I would be able to sleep. I wouldn't have to take medicine. I wouldn't have hives. It'd be fine. They can play each other again. <laughs> I was just saying, I had that dream last night and I was just like, it wasn't like, oh, that's weird. It was one of those dreams that it felt real when I was having it. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those type of dreams. But I mean, obviously chances of that happening, not that great because chances of they, they even meet. Not not insignificant, but a lot of things have to happen first, and then to get all the way to another game seven again would right. be well, would also, be something. Cleveland and Cincinnati are going to play each other in the World Series, anyways. Uh, speaking of Cincinnati, <laughs> um, 
Uh, you know, the Cubs have to get through the winner of the next series here, and that's Atlanta and Cincinnati. And that's going to be tough if the Cubs get through their first series against the Marlins because that series, I can't tell you who's going to win. Um, on paper, Atlanta is the better team, but their pitching took a massive hit this year. Okay? Yeah. Tons of injuries. On the other hand, the Reds have been hot. They've been hot. And oh, they've been hot since Trevor Bauer got to the team. <laughs> I know that we're talking. I know that you're talking about uh, <laughs> gameplay, but I am not. <laughs> but you, you, you know what I'm saying. It's uh, they've they've been playing well on the field. Uh, their pitching's been good. Their hitting's been good, and they are putting things together at the right time to make a run. And if there is a first-round opponent susceptible to an upset, it is definitely the Braves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the best thing that could happen to baseball is if the Reds go all the way to the World Series. Not so much win it, but go all the way. Marketing-wise, it would be the absolute best thing for the MLB. Because oh, because Trevor of Trevor Bauer. Bauer yeah. Yeah, he will give you so much access, and people will be like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Like, this is what happens. These are things that, you know, I talk about how the NHL isn't always that good at marketing, mm -hmm. but the NHL gives you those inside looks yeah. a lot of the time. The MLB never does. They never give you the pregame speeches. They ne Like, they never give you the things that keep you interested in a team that you're not interested in. Yeah. You know? It, there are so many people who are loving the Dallas Stars and the, and the Lightning right now in areas where hockey does not reign supreme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, people from all over the the continent are have picked a side because both teams and the NHL as a whole have chosen to market them in a way that makes you want to. Um, Sorry, a big truck just drove by. I heard it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but they market them in a way that makes you want to get to know the team and allows you to pick a side. Mm -hmm. The MLB doesn't do that. I mean, look at the poster that they made. I know, well, it was ESPN that made it, but still, yeah. like, how could you leave the Indians who are super hot right now off of it? How would you not put Trevor Bauer on it? Like, it, it's... It's ridiculous. It's so silly. Like, why wouldn't you put them on it? And you put mm. you put the slumping White Sox on it. No offense to the White Sox. All offense, actually. Fuck that. All offense to the White <laughs> Sox. Like, you got representation on this little poster, but Trevor Bauer did not. Someone who just keeps bringing awareness to the sport. Mm him being in the world series would be amazing for so many reasons. It would be like, so it, I want the reds to get there for the sake of baseball. <laughs> like just from a fan fandom standpoint, from marketing standpoint, from a league standpoint, why wouldn't you want to back the guy who is all about transparency in the league? Probably because he also is about transparency about the shit in the league, but <laughs> Yeah. So, the Braves, though, when they get hot, they get fucking hot. 
I mean, they, they have been that way their whole entire existence since I've been born. Yeah, their since offense is really good. Not yeah. anything that I'm going to discount them on that department. It's just I don't know if they're starting if they have enough starting pitching. Yeah, they don't, but they make up for it for the the well-rounded hitting that they have. Yeah, they can outslug anybody. They're the team that wouldn't be afraid to bun extra innings when you have people on the corners. They wouldn't be afraid. D- depends on who's at the plate. If, if Freddie Freeman around the Cunha up well, there, uh, I better have those guys swing away. Uh, Ozzy Albies, okay, let's bun. Let's bun, yeah. Dansby Swanson, okay, let's lay down a bun. But they're not afraid to entertain it. They're not afraid to be different. They embrace the Braves have always embraced who they are mm-hmm. and tried to work with that. And that's what I think that's why they have the fan base that they do from outside of Atlanta. You know, there's a lot of people actually in Northeast Ohio that have become fans of the Braves. Well, it's it's that in TBS. Well, yeah, TBS too, man. They have such a Smart. I mean, because back in the day, uh, that's why teams like the Braves and the Cubs have such a widespread fan base is because they had two very large networks that were shown everywhere. That's true. But the thing, though, is you could have, if you just played shitty baseball all the time, because even when this, the Cubs weren't doing well, they weren't playing shit baseball, mm-hmm. you know? So they are consistently decent the Braves, and sometimes they're just amazing. So they've always had that ability about them to get hot and keep it going. So if they come into that first game amped up, <laughs> I don't know how well the Reds would do. <laughs> Let's. I hope that if Bauer starting game one, that would be stupid. They need to start him game two. Uh, I can tell you that information in two seconds. Uh, I think they might have him go game one just to try and get that first win. Um, Trevor Bauer versus Max Fried, so against Atlanta's best pitcher. Uh, game two is lined up with Luis Castillo versus Undecided. I mean, Undecided for Atlanta in game two, but Bauer, Castillo, either one of them in any order, that's a that's a good one-two punch. Yeah, good point. I just, yeah, I feel like if you have Bauer second, Okay, he either will close it out in dramatic fashion. Well, obviously he's, like, leaving the game at some point. But you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Or he's helping give new life to that third game. I don't don't know if him pitching first helps send the message unless he can mentally get inside some of the Braves' heads. But really the Braves are, like, mentally sound when it comes to their players and how they play the game. At at the same time, you want to consider the next series. If you have him pitching game one, He'll probably be able to pitch early in game or in series two if they win the second if they win the first series. He'll be able to pitch twice in the second series. And they would play St. Louis, right? The would, the, the yeah, winner they, of Braves and Reds plays the winner of Cubs and Marlins. Just kidding. I so, looked at that wrong. Don't judge me. You're fine. Um, <laughs> so if he pitches game one, that gives him the opportunity to pitch twice in the next series, then again twice in the next series, and that, you know it sets yeah. him up that way. And he, yeah, and he's been monitoring like he, he's someone he knows who's he's good to go every yeah. four days, not five for him. Every four days is the, is is best for him. 
At least that's what he says, whatever monitoring science that uh, is way beyond my comprehension level. Yeah. No, no, he he discussed it. Did you watch that episode? I have not watched that episode. Um, I, I, am, I am aware of what it is, or, you know, what he's found. Yeah, the, I'm aware of the results that he's found. Yeah. I don't know how he got there, so. Okay, I'll tell you, because it's so fascinating, and I totally forgot about this. Because he talked about this ring that he has, and I totally forgot about it. And when I saw his hand the one time, I was like, oh, my God, Drew Bauer's married. My life is over. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? I totally told you. Yeah. Um, but he has, it's like a, it's like a, kind of like a fitness tracker, and you wear it on your finger. It's called Aura. And it monitors all of these things. It, there's like two types, and I, he obviously has the, the good type because it monitors like his it was like keratin or I don't know. It monitors levels when he's not feeling well the next day, what his recovery rate is. And he pulls the data every day and he looks at it. And over the past like year and a half, two years, I think, I think it was two years, he monitors all of it puts it in spreadsheets, has his doctors look at it and his trainers look at it to make sure like what it, if what he's seeing is correct. And then he was able to go to his coaches and managers and be like, Hey, this is literally what the science and the breakdown says. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, okay, we'll give it a shot. Yeah. And it turned, I mean, that's why he's, he knows his body so well because of this. Mm-hmm. That's why he's pitching out of his mind this year. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I was really excited. That episode was so good, him explaining that. Or I can't remember if it was on a, a Bauer Bites thing or if it was when he was on the Starting Nine. It was, it was Bauer Bites Starting Nine has discussed that, though. Yeah, so it was really interesting because, you know, we talk about analytics on the field, but we don't talk about how analytics off the field could affect your on-field performance. Mm-hmm. And I've always wondered if players play that pay that closely to their body and it was cool to hear a player talk about that like I know Nathan Gerby for the monsters he doesn't do it with aura but he is very in tune with his body mm-hmm. and he knows when he should be sitting and when he shouldn't or when yeah. he should get a total hip and partial like ligament replacement and he's like now made of metal but <laughs> regardless sorry I just think it's fascinating that Trevor Bauer is just taking athletics to the next level by basically just taking care of yourself yeah pretty much uh now i'm gonna do something completely unfair no i don't like this i don't even know what it is okay fine let's do this i'm scared world series matchup prediction oh okay so what i would want to happen obviously is cleveland cincinnati White Sox Cubs because those would be fun. Uh, what I think will happen is Oakland versus Cincinnati slash Braves. I know that's a weird thing to say because I'm so unsure of who's coming out of that round. Or Oakland and the Cardinals. Okay, so you gave me like seven answers. Yes. <laughs> That's what you get with me, okay? Give me your official, like, lock it in. Tampa Bay Braves. Okay. Now, I will tell you what mine was before the season started. 
We all knew what mine was before the season started. <laughs> mine before the season. I tweeted this on July 24th. I said Yankees over Dodgers. That was my World Series prediction when the season before the season started. Uh, and by the way, I'm looking at my other predictions here. Not too bad. I only had two teams wrong. It looks like oh, three teams wrong. Three teams wrong. Um, I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, I thought the Angels would make it in. I thought the Phillies would make it in. I thought the Mets would make it in. Uh, obviously, no Marlins. Um, no, uh, no Blue Jays. And um, let's see what other team did I missed. Cardinals. But Braves, Reds, Dodgers, I had for NL division winners, second place Phillies, Cubs, Padres, obviously whipped in the Phillies, final two, Brewers and Mets. Uh, American League, I had Yankees, Twins, A's for the division winners. Um, A's, I got, I called the A's winning the ALS, so uh, awesome. Uh, Yankees and Twins finished, uh, Twins also won their division. Uh, Yankees came in second. I had Rays, Cleveland, and the Astros coming in second place. That was awesome. Two of those were correct. Final two, Angels missed, and White Sox. So, I don't think I did that bad. No. I am so bad at predictions. I, I try not to give them. I can predict when I am watching the game. <laughs> I can usually predict what's going to happen. Like, mm -hmm. oh, he's going to hit a walk-off. Or like, oh, <sighs> he's not going to catch that. Except a few times. The White Sox definitely threw me for a loop because that series is bad. So, looking at my preseason prediction, Yankees over Dodgers, um, both teams obviously still in play. Um, Dodgers still look legit. Uh, Yankees, eh, but... Um, I, I'm going to go with the omen I had last night. <laughs> I'm going with the omen. Uh, because it felt so real. The dream was so real. It had to come alive. I mean, it wasn't, like I, I, it wasn't like I was reliving the, the last World Series that they played. It wasn't like I was living in that other apartment, you know, an apartment. Yeah. First of all, an apartment. I live in a house now. An apartment in Michigan, a different state. I imagine myself on my couch outside of my office here, sitting down with my dogs, getting ready to watch Game 7. Like I don't know what I'm going to do if that happens in the sense of, even if the Indians make it there, or if the Cubs make it there, I, like, I live alone now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who am I watching these games with? We're not allowed to get together and, like, have parties. I just... That is the best part about sports when your team is, like, in it and you're watching with a bunch of people outside. Or when the Indians used to always open up the stadium for people to come in and watch the game. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I want that. But how am I going to do that this year? It's so frustrating. I, I might have to just, like, break all the rules and hold, like, a huge... I mean, I could hold a huge party in the cemetery in the backyard. Like, put up a screen. <laughs> what are they going to do? Kick me out? Fine. 
<laughs> so the, here's what I'm gonna do. My preseason prediction that's still there. I have my once the postseason prediction started prediction. Does so that's how I'm sitting with those. Is that I, I I'm I'm not gonna be like oh look at me I'm I'm not being the I feel that twenty brackets guy for the NCAA tournament yeah. but I'm just if I didn't have that dream I wouldn't have changed my prediction but I had the dream so I'm also adding it into the mix. Oh oh so you can have two predictions but I can't have three. Well you're doing you're doing your multiples at the same time. This one's from July and this was a dream from last night. Okay that felt all too real. That's the if that didn't happen. I would not have entered it into the uh, into the universe here. I have a question. Do you ever feel awful about yourself when you predict the Yankees to win things? Do you feel awful about yourself when you support them? Hey, I understand I support it. I'm just saying, you know what? It, they they seemed like 60 games perfect for a team that gets hurt all the time. Uh, maybe they'll be able to stay healthy. They didn't. Uh, maybe... Um, They'll be able to do something that'll impress me. They were a good team, but it's not like, oh my god, this is the this is the Yankees from the nineties or you know yeah. anything. It's like, okay, they're a good team, but like, kind of flawed. Yeah, like, I mean they're flawed because they're the Yankees. But yes, I get what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just you know I, I was looking at teams that look like that. I mean, yeah, did I pick the favorites at the beginning of the season? Yeah, I picked the favorites. But this short of a season, how messed up things were going to be, I'm like, fuck it, pick the favorites. Why get cute? Because cute is what we aim for. Come on now. Okay, we're not naming 2000s fans <laughs> here. Okay. Um, I wish that people could have seen your face when I was asking you about the Yankees because you were smiling, and I'm sure people <laughs> think I'm like an epic asshole for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it, I mean, it's just it was me picking favorites, and you know, I got I got a little cute with my division picks, and you know, the order, you know, picking the A's to win their division. Not many people pick the A's to win their division. Um, you know, um, but you never know. Um, but again, those are my I have my preseason prediction and my. Night before, two nights before the postseason starts prediction. Which, can we talk about, just real quick, I just have to say this. It is so Cleveland in <laughs> Northeast Ohio mm-hmm. that the first game of the playoffs is happening at home in Cleveland the same night that the presidential debate is taking place in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That is so Cleveland. Like, I can't tell you. I already know a bunch of people who are like, how do I watch both at the same time? And they're like, I'm going to have a screen here and a screen here, and they're going to watch both. And I'm like, this is the most, like, normally one cares about the other, not, like, one or the other. But in Cleveland, there's so many people who are like, let's cue them both up. <laughs> I'll, I'll put, I'll leave it at this. Uh, I have one TV I'll be watching, and it'll be on the baseball game. <laughs> well... You're from Detroit, so... <laughs> uh, I'm just messing with you, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say the location of, of a debate has no impact on whether I watch it or not. Um, no, but I'll be, watching, I'll be watching baseball all day tomorrow. I am so excited. So excited because my baseball 
Playoff baseball watching experience will begin at 2 p.m. tomorrow, and I'll be on my couch until the conclusion of Yankees-Indians. I'm very jealous of you. Yes. I will be at my desk working a lot. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to watch sports all day. I miss that. Watching different sports. That's not hockey. Like, I want... The other day I watched... Oh, two weeks ago or last week? No, it was two weeks ago I watched football all day. It was a beautiful thing. And I've missed it. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, did we talk about the Bauer thing? No. Eh. I don't care. Yeah, I, I it's it's he. Uh, we'll just we'll, we'll hit on this quickly. He he was, I don't want to call it upset. He was just calling out the hypocrisy of allowing families from one team to be in the stands but not the other, and, and that also sets up for the other issue that baseball might have with their attempt to try and get fans in the stands. They're trying to do a bubble, but they won't incorporate fans and other people. It's not really a bubble then. Yeah. Um, I get it. I understand. Bringing them in brings in additional revenue, and some money is better than no money, but you've gone this long without fans in the stands. Just finished the season. It's a month. Okay. No, it was about families. I, I know, but I'm talking about the other oh. at, at past this. Past past this oh, round. Oh, okay. Once once yeah. they get to the once they get to the actual bubble where they're playing the playoff games in you know, in other states. Yeah, I um I'm okay with fans not being there, honestly, because they've done it the whole season without fans, so why start now? But the families thing bothers me because you either have to let families in or you don't. Mm -hmm. You can't tell the home team. You can have your family here and then have the away team not be allowed to have their family in the boat. It's just, it's, it's not... It's not right. And then to say, if you have your family there, they have to stay at a separate hotel with other people who aren't even involved in the bubble. So right there, you're already breaking the bubble. So it's... It, it just seems like a giant mess. And they're probably... Even though they probably want their family there, they probably be better off just to avoid this entire situation entirely and just not have anyone there at all. Yeah, exactly. So just all or nothing. And mostly, and I say that mostly because it's just not fair to to the players and to their families as well. Like mm-hmm. that advantage is actually a, a bigger advantage. Having your family there is a bigger advantage than say just playing in your home field to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like it, it takes it to the next level. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, in the best example of that is Corey Perry for the Dallas stars played like ass for a while during these playoffs. And then his wife gets there and He's he's lighting shit up. So, I don't know. All or nothing. All or nothing, baby. 